What up, True Seekers? Welcome to episode nine. If this is the ninth episode that you've listened to and you've been following along for this whole time, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening and spending time and supporting our podcast. Um, if this is the first episode that you're tuning into, you picked a good one. This week, we had the absolute pleasure of spending time and getting to know Abby's older sister, Sarah. And she shared with us just a really beautiful story of how she got into the work that she's doing now and how it relates to her own personal experience with having a child. And um, it's very insightful. Um, Sarah is able to pull so much meaning from the experiences she's had and she's able to be vulnerable about something that societally we just kind of look overlook and accept and don't really you know give it the the attention it needs I think and the care um so yeah uh I'm excited for you guys to listen and learn um and get to know Sarah for me, it was so super special because I've been getting to know Abby over these weeks of recording the podcast, and our relationship has grown with the podcast and with the time we spent together. And Abby's just this incredible, beautiful, amazing human, and she's got a sister who is equally as beautiful and amazing. And after meeting her, I wanted to be adopted as their third sister. <laughs> um. And it's just, they have such a wonderful relationship too. So all around, it's pure magic. So grab your snacks and your drinks and get cozy and listen to us talk. (laughs) If you enjoy what you hear on today's episode, Abby and I would love it if you would rate and review our podcast. That way more seekers can find the truth that we want to share. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Christy. And And we we are are the the Truth Seekers. We are all human beings on this earth seeking our truth. And this is the platform we created to share our findings. Um, Today we are here, I'm so excited, we're here with Abby's sister, Sarah. This is my first time meeting her, um, and we're so excited to have her on the show. And so yeah, Sarah, if you just want to... Give me a little intro. I'd love to get to know more about you. Yeah, well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I It's been such a pleasure to listen to the episodes, to get to know the both of you and your guests. And I think what you're doing is so very important. And so it's such an honor to be here. Um, so I'm Sarah. I'm also known as Abby's sister. (laughs) I don't know about wiser. (laughs) Um, I, like Abby, of course, grew up in Nebraska. And after um, uh, graduating from high school, I went to a small liberal arts school in Lincoln. And that's where I met my uh, husband now. Um, And we served, after uh, college, we served for two years in the Peace Corps together um, in Malawi. And then we decided that we both wanted to pursue a career in policy. So we moved out to the place where policy happens, DC. um, And that's where we've been ever since. So we've been here for about 13 years now. and uh, we've lived in various neighborhoods in DC, but are now in a very sweet uh, neighborhood called Brookland, which actually reminds us a lot of Lincoln, Nebraska, where we went to college and where we met. And uh, so I am, um, I, I wear two hats and I'm, I'm sure this will come up as part of our conversation because it's a big part of my story. But I um, work for a nonprofit called American Institutes for Research, where I do research in maternal health care. And then I also am a practicing birth and postpartum doula. Um, so I split my time between those, um, those wonderful opportunities that I get to do on a daily basis. 
Um, I am a mother to a four-year-old little girl, Isla, um, who is a ball of energy and creativity and hilariousness. <laughs> um, and I'm pregnant. Uh, we're due in February with a little boy, some little Pisces. Um, and what else? Like I said, I'm married to my college sweetheart. We've been married for 15 years now. We were babies when we got married. And um, we uh, are, are just delighted to be in this place where we're expecting our second little one and um, navigating that together and, and yeah, building our little family. How incredible. And I just want to, you know, recognize like your beautiful humanitarian efforts um, and how that brought you to the love of your life and to create such a beautiful family. And then also acknowledge that um, for very long time, women weren't allowed to go to school, get education. And so a lot of our medical knowledge was created by men and being a woman and having a baby and then having a man be writing about that or like creating knowledge about that. I think that women creating that type of knowledge and shaping that is so important. And it's kind of funny to think that, you know, it's only the last hundred years we've probably started doing that other than when people before like kind of modern medicine I guess you would say, you know, there's always probably been doulas, but um, I think there's a lot of our um, medical world that's shaped by men because they were the ones that were allowed to go to school and hold those positions. Um, so I'm very excited to hear about you doing this type of research and um, to be doing that type of work in the world. Yeah, thank you. You bring up a, a really important point and it's it's I've done a lot of studying and investigation around this because of of my own interests and my own experience and you're right that you know centuries ago around the world women um, were the ones holding space and and being the the leaders and the caretakers and the guides and the wisdom holders in the, the pregnancy and birth space. And with, um, you know, the medicalization of, of healthcare um, back in the, you know, 1800s and even, you know, up until now, um, it was men that switched and it became men. And especially in the United States, there's tremendous racial issues around, um, uh, birth and postpartum. Um, so I, I'm, you may have heard the statistics that black women are two to three times more likely to die in childbirth than, than white individuals. And um, I see the connection between medicalization of what is not a medical event in and of itself, childbirth, and the complete eradication of midwives, particularly granny or black midwives um, over the years. And so I, as part of my practice um, in, in my doula work, but also in my research, uh, much of what I do is focused on those racial inequities and on upholding and uplifting um, Black and Native and uh, Latina uh, uh, um, birth workers and midwives, um, because those are that is going to be a huge piece of this puzzle in solving this very complex, terrible issue that is racial inequities in childbirth and and postpartum and well-being um, in the the childbirth space. So. Thanks for bringing that up. It's, it's a really important topic. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work you're doing. And it sounds like this is something systemic, and so it's going to take a lot to make those changes. And I'm really happy that you're able to share that on this podcast. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> so what got you into this, this line of work? Um, I mean, I remember you, I think it was in college, you worked at a women's shelter? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. 
Is that kind of, was that kind of like the beginning of it for you? It kind of opened the door? Or did you always kind of know you wanted to go into something like this? No, I think that that, I think that certainly opened a door when I worked at a, a home or a shelter for women who had, in families who had experienced intimate partner violence or sexual violence um, and needed a place to um, escape that situation and get on their feet and, and, um, and I, so I worked with a lot of women and children who, particularly women, I was a women's advocate at that time, that was my role, and helping them do that. And so um, I saw a, a need, of course, and I really enjoyed working with women in particular. Um, I really enjoyed supporting families in that way and connecting them to resources in the community and helping them, um, you know, even write a resume so that they could apply for a job and, um, and you know, helping their kids feel uh, successful and nurtured and loved in, in the, the home itself, but also in their school settings if they were going to school. Um, and so I think that opened like a door for me in terms of, of this supporting individuals in, ter in times of transition. Um, and uh, so I, I loved doing that work and I did quite a bit of work with immigrants and refugees as well, like um, English language um, support type of work. And um, at the time, my husband Austin worked at a a really incredible organization in Lincoln that focused on supporting refugees farm in the community and then selling their produce at market. Um, so I supported that organization as well. And so I really loved that hands-on work. Um, and I also had this desire to take it a level up and, and work on um, not just like helping to put band-aids on things, but like really getting down to the root cause of like why, why were, for example, women in these situations where they were having to flee um, uh, very, in, you know, awful situations, and also what policies and what programs can best support them. And so that's what inspired me to, to pursue a degree in public policy. Um, and I specialized in health and social policy, and, um, and, and, and that's when I began my work in, in research and policy, and, and have loved that work, and also have missed the kind of hands-on direct support. And so when Austin and I were considering starting a family, I hadn't, I'd known about doulas, um, my sister-in-law, um, had a doula with her baby and I had learned about the importance of, of doulas through her and through just you know anecdotal information so I knew I wanted a, a doula as part of our of our journey um, through pregnancy and birth and postpartum and so we hired a doula and I I had a very empowering experience and I credit a lot of that to to her, to our doula and her support. And so I remember um, almost instantly after having Isla and you know being able to catch my breath, having this light bulb go off and feeling the sense of like that is my calling. And so what I did, I started to talk to, to doulas about their experience. And it just, just my heart lit up every time I talked about it. And I thought, well, this is a great way to work hands-on, one-on-one with individuals and families, but also be able to do my research work. Um, and at the time, I actually wasn't really doing much in maternal health care research because our organization had didn't have much work at the time but um, through my doula work I was able to apply that to my research work and have um, gained more traction in that space so now I get to spend a good chunk of my time working on maternal health care research so 
unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that one door would open the other. Um, it was more that I could do both. It was, it was manageable and it felt right. And so that's what kind of led me down the path to, to, to pursuing the, the doula work. It was this like, that's always been at my core is supporting people through transitions and through, through transformations. And um, the birth of my daughter just kind of opened up that world to me. Can you explain what a doula is and what you do? Yeah, great question. I know I'm so you know steeped in the world. <laughs> I, don't well, I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. And of course, like I mean, I know. I'm not sure if Christy, you're familiar with doulas. Or I like... so just to share a little. I'm not totally sure exactly what they do, but there was a woman. What so I did landscaping, and my boss's wife is a doula and she would she shared with me a little bit about what she did because I asked her one time and I was just like wait you can do this you can just like give birth at home like what you just go hang out with people for like 36 hours while they're like in labor and like having a baby and she's like yeah yeah I gotta get ready there's gonna be a birth like it's like wow okay <laughs> I love that yeah so so a doula is a, a person who offers emotional physical and resource support to individuals and families um, through the continuum of, of birth and post through postpartum. And I do want to note that, that there are so many different types of doulas. Um, there are doulas that support folks in fertility or infertility. There are folks who, who doulas who support folks in uh, menopause, uh, you may have heard of death doulas. So there are, the doula role, and I just love this, has expanded to kind of really, you can, there are so many different ways that you can support people in this way. But at the heart of it is is emotional, physical, and resource support for, for birthing people. And in my case, since I'm a birth and postpartum doula, so for birthing people and, and their families and families are involved. And so what that looks like is very different depending on the individual and the family. Um, so, and their needs, right? So, so you know, a, 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 any typical family, um, on average, I would be, you know, they would hire me probably around, you know, uh, almost into their third trimester, maybe late second trimester. So around like 20, 25 to 30 weeks um, gestation. And we uh, work together to, um, in, in, in that prenatal period, to um, talk about you know, what is their, what are their birth preferences? So when they envision their birth um, or their baby's birth, what are, what are their hopes and dreams? And we talk through those and maybe if they're comfortable, it makes sense to them, we write those down and we share those with the providers. Um, I'm also doing checks with them around what are, what are fears coming up for you? How are you feeling in approaching the birth of your baby and postpartum. Um, though I do a lot of work in, in birth, I, my heart and my um, real deep interest is in postpartum. And um, I, can, I can share a little bit about why that is, if, it, if that's helpful. But I really, I think it's important to focus not just on the birth, but on, on those, you know, let's say three months after the baby's born. Um, because the, the, the birth is crucial, right? The birth like sets up how you're going to feel physically, emotionally, spiritually about the postpartum period. It's gonna, it, 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 it has a big impact on, on the trajectory, but in the grand scheme of things, it's, you know, a day or two. Whereas postpartum is, some people say it's forever. Um, so, so I really help even in prenatally when we're working together to talk about like what, what supports do you have postpartum for yourself that will help with your healing, help with your rest, help with your 
processing of how things are going. Um, and so we're meeting a few times prenatally to talk about all those things. Um, and then I'm, I support them in, in birth itself. Um, so that could be at a hospital, it could be at a birth center, it could be at home. Um, and uh, so joining the family when it makes sense offering physical support to them. If, if the hope is for an unmedicated birth, we've done quite a bit of work together to set them up for success with that. Um, in terms of, you know, mentally preparing and practicing different comfort, physical comfort techniques, um, different and other comfort measures that we could use like aromatherapy, massage, and, um, uh, then I'm, I'm with them during that period and, and usually around a few hours after the birth, I'm there with them, making sure they get settled, making sure everybody's healthy and okay. And then um, depending on my role, if I'm, I'm just working with them as a birth doula, then I'll do one or two postpartum visits a few days after the baby's born. Um, again, just to make sure they're doing okay to process the birth to connect them to resources, whether that's lactation support or mental health support or, you know, food train support. And then, um, uh, and then, it, but if I'm a postpartum doula, then typically what that looks like is um, over the course of one to three months, depending on the needs and the preferences of, of the family, I'm visiting, um, you know, two to three times a week and um, offering all sorts of different types of support, again, depending on the needs of the family. So that could be, um, uh, you know, emotionally processing what's been happening. It could be uh, uh, meal prep. M meals are huge in postpartum. What we're eating is incredibly important in postpartum. And so making sure they're getting nutritious, food that is in the first few weeks especially that is really easy di to digest so like soups and stews and things that have been cooked for a long time um, and uh, could be you know helping them to navigate their in-laws and, and the dynamics that come with that or you know mama hasn't slept all night because the baby was nursing so caring for baby while the mama sleeps and showers. So it can look all sorts of different ways. And I think the beauty of the doula role is that, you know, we each have our, our kind of specialty, the way that we practice. Um, but a, a lot of what we do is, is kind of shape shift to meet the needs of the family because every person and family's dynamics and needs are different. Um, so being able to do that allows that family to really feel like, okay, this care is tailored for me and I'm getting my needs met and this person's listening to me and holding space for me and witnessing me through this journey. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, do you have something to say? I'm just processing all of it because <laughs> like I, you know, it's not really in my vocabulary to think of giving birth this way when it's like that seems like the most natural and the best way to do it and like why would I not think to have that but I'm just kind of like in my mind it's like you get pregnant and then you just go to your doctor your doctor's like all right cool do these things and then you're like okay now I'm in labor I gotta rush to the hospital have this baby and then they send you home after you know what I mean like I don't really think of it as like having just this like um, multi-dimensional support for like all these different facets of your being um and just like how needed that is and like how um person-centered and beautiful and like oh i'm just like you know like still processing that like that's amazing well it makes me think too that i feel like this is how it used to be right i mean we've i i mean i don't know time frame or anything like that but maybe you do sarah but i feel like um, the medical system and our society, whatever, has like created what you're saying, Christy, is like, uh, that's how most women, people think about it. It's like, I get pregnant, I go to the doctor, everything is chill, I have the baby, I go home. And it's like, it's, it's more than that. And what I feel like doulas can 
provide is that community support that we don't really have anymore because we live so far away from family or, you know, whatever. Like, we're just separated from that community feeling. And I feel like that's, like, doulas are part of that kind of the glue, the connection of getting back to that. And also educating people on this is how it should be. Like, this is a very special time and there's a lot going on and it's not as simple and cut as dry as you go to the doctor and then you go home well and it takes the like the experience of the woman sort of going through it alone Mm -hmm. I feel into like being completely supported which is like you're like like I wrapping my head around like growing a human in your own body and then like bringing that into the world and then like supporting it with your body and like nourishing it in every way like it just blows my mind and then just like be like oh women do it all the time they're fine like they got this like <laughs> that's crazy so yeah and i when you were talking about postpartum i like i'm sure there's more you have to say about what we just said but i definitely want to hear um just like your description of what that is or maybe like what you think people experience because that I have never um been pregnant and I um I like I'm not I haven't even really talked to my mom about this stuff so I'm definitely very interested yeah you hit on such beautiful points and there's so much to talk about there um so I I hope I remember all the things that that I want to say um Uh, In terms of of kind of what I see folks experience in postpartum, I'll get to your your question first, Christy, is it it really runs a gamut. And I want to say that because I am practicing in an urban setting in Washington, D.C., where there is where the the individuals that I'm working with primarily uh, individuals who identify as women, so I'll, I'll refer to them as women. Um, those women are have careers. They're a little bit later in their um, childbirthing uh, <laughs> spectrum. So saying they're a little bit older than maybe the average person. So maybe like late thirties. I've had mamas in their 40s, mid 40s. Um, So they have established their career. They have a lot of drive. They have a lot of um, passion for what they do. And then you introduce a baby and it is a roller coaster of an identity shift. And I, that's the thread that I see time and time again. And I don't, I don't want to say like only women in urban settings that are career-driven experience that. All, all individuals who have a baby experience some sort of identity shift. It's part of, it's part of the spiritual awakening or process um, is the way that I see it. And, um, but I think it's like magnified out here because of the type of of individuals that live and work out here. And so a lot of what I do um, in those early weeks postpartum is really sit with the person and just listen to them, listen to them process like what it's been like to become a mother. sometimes it's it's more kind of like uh focused on the kind of the mechanics like gosh sleep is really hard i've never experienced this sort of sleep deprivation or it's been really hard for me to feel like i'm nourishing myself i'm ravenous all the time um or you know it's sometimes i just i feel really um overwhelmed by baby crying and i don't know what to do and sometimes it is like the nail on the head, like, wow, I feel like a total different person. I don't think I, I can't imagine going back to work. And that's all I could think about pre-baby. So it's, it's you know, listening to them and validating their experiences as part of that um, kind of unraveling of who they were and, and, to who, and, and the reweaving of who they're becoming. Um, and... Um, 
sometimes folks need additional, you know, mental health support that I'm not trained to give. And so I have, I'm, I feel very fortunate that we live in a place that has many wonderful resources in the community, um, uh, all sorts of different resources focused on mental health support, gathering uh, individuals in postpartum, you know, doing circles and things like that, which can be really healing and nurturing, um, as well as lactation support and, and even, you know, pelvic, um, uh, pelvic floor therapy support and all that. So, so connecting them to the right resources um, because that I see that as a huge role of mine because if you know if you weren't in the space you wouldn't know these resources existed but they're such incredible resources that everyone needs to know about that I see that's one of my you know primary roles in postpartum is to, to connect people with the resources that can best support them in that journey um, and I want to hit on something you mentioned Abby and that's that's the this what doulas were a role that were just embedded into the community ecosystem many many years ago you know you know at the beginning of of our chat we were talking about kind of the medicalization of childbirth and and a part of that was the eradication of the doula role and even before that if you look at kind of the history of the witch hunts in europe and and in the, in the um, Northeast um, of the States, many of the witches were doulas, were midwives, were, were herbalists who were um, using their knowledge and their wisdom and their tools to support women in childbirth and, and through the, their reproductive ages. And, that was seen by, you know, by the religions that be, that that was witchcraft. And so they were targeted. And so it's, it, it I, I often have this really, um, I'm torn because I, sometimes I'm like, I, I'm making a living off of a role that I feel that should just be accessible to everyone should be part of the community ecosystem and it's and it's it's not so i feel a need i feel a, a, a yearning to help fill that role and kind of how i we all personally reconcile it in different ways and i do that by taking a portion of what i earn and contributing that to um incredible organizations in my community that focus on people of color, um, uh, whether that's uh, training doulas, uh, doulas of color to support um, individuals of color in, in the reproductive um, life cycle, or it's, you know, there's a really beautiful birth center here that's focused on, on um, women of color. And so, um, you know, supporting, financially contributing to them in that way. Um, but it's but but doulas can. They offer we it is we see um, we are taught exactly what you all shared through social not social media but like you know TV and movies and things that you you we've been doing it forever. You get pregnant, you have a baby, you go home, you're fine, and we've completely stripped the spiritual the um, and I I. I I, I don't want to like, I don't want people to be like, why does she keep talking about spiritual? This is crazy. <laughs> but I, I really see that embedded in this process. And by spiritual, I mean, you are, you are going from person A, a maiden, right? <laughs> when you have your first baby to, you are going through this gestation period and you're learning about your body and you're learning about evidence-based practices and the statistics and you're kind of in your head about it and then you go and you have this baby and it's this no matter where you are no matter how the baby is born it is a transformation and then you're in this kind of metamorphosis process where you're learning what it what it is to be a mother what it is to be 
oh, an individual who is mothering. So you, your identity, not just as a mother, but as a, a new, a reborn person and navigating the world and your priority shift, shift and your, um, your where you want to spend your time shifts and, and everything, your relationship, your romantic partnership, if you have one shifts, your, you know, your friendship shift. And it's, it's so transformational. And if you don't have the support around you to, to talk that through, to, to have people validate your experience and to witness you in that metamorphosis, then it's, it's incredibly ungrounding. And it feels like you're the only person in the world who's ever experienced this. So we've stripped that away from people. And we've said, everyone you know women have been doing this forever you're fine you're gonna be fine you're gonna do it and and in that we've created mental health issues you know um par you know postpartum depression anxiety um ocd um and i'm not saying some of these things aren't chemical and aren't like um you know just a part of your your makeup as a person but I think that with the support, having a community around you, having the resources, the appropriate resources to support you, I don't think we would see the rates of postpartum depression and anxiety and other mood disorders like we do now in the United States. It's, it's horrendous um, and it's really sad and it's really scary. And so I think it's really important. I think doulas have a big role to play in supporting individuals through that, um, and as well as midwives and other community, uh, you know, uh, health workers um, and such. And so, so I, I think community is a huge part of the doula role, and that's something that I really focus on as part of my work as well. Yeah. Wow. Preach. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I I, I want to kind of shift, but do you have anything you want to say about what was just said? Or do you no, I just, <laughs> I'm just like I'm almost like emotional, just like at processing everything. So I'm yeah. I'm appreciative, and I think this this needs to be known to people that they have this option and that they can create a different way of having this experience, um, and that there is support out there, and there's people that want to do these things. And I'm, I'm even inspired to do more work with women who are postpartum or who have, are pregnant or, you know, like finding ways that I can help them. Um, and, you know, it's something that I hadn't, I haven't really, like my sister just had a baby recently and I know that she's had a lot that she's had to deal with, but I, it's just shedding a lot of light on things for me. So I appreciate it. Um, so where I where I kind of want to shift is you know we've been talking about Sarah the doula, but now I would love to switch to Sarah who has had a doula and has had a birth experience and has gone through postpartum and everything. So I would love for you, you know whatever that means to share that experience for you. And then you know like you mentioned you're having your second child due in February. So I'm just curious all of you know how you're feeling about that and preparing and whatnot and and of course like i already know these things but i <laughs> but i want but i just want you to share um because it's it's inspiring and it's it's a story that should be should be known because i know it can help others yeah so i like i mentioned i have a, a four-year-old daughter she turned four in october my little libra um and i you know, like I mentioned before, I knew about doulas when I was, um, when Austin and I were considering conceiving, I knew I wanted to have one as part of my pregnancy, birth and postpartum experience. Um, and uh, like I said, I did, and I felt incredibly uh, supported by our doula. And I, uh, but in some ways I felt like because I wasn't steeped in the doula or maternal health care space like I am now, I kind of had rose-colored glasses on about the whole thing. I was very, I did a ton of reading, but it was mostly about like evidence-based practices and the research around um, birth 
and it mostly focused on birth. I did very little preparation for postpartum. Um, I, I was, you know, kind of bound and determined to have a, um, an unmedicated birth, you know, and I envisioned like, you know, a few interventions and, um, just kind of like a beautiful space. And I had some of that, some of that came to fruition. Um, I, I, my, so I love my daughter was, uh, not budging so at like 41 a little over 41 weeks gestation i was induced so my birth started with a, a lot of intervention days of intervention and um i i knew that that meant uh the more intervention the least the less likely you are to have an unmedicated birth and, and the higher chance of a cesarean occurring would happen. I, 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 you know, I knew those stats in my head. Um, I, and so I was nervous about the inter intervention process. Um, my doula helped me, you know, in so many ways to pro like process that in real time, to offer physical support to me as I needed it. Um, and one of the biggest pieces that I, when I look back on Isla's birth, that I think about in why, though it was medically or heavily, it, lots of interventions from the beginning, why I still had this like really empowering birth, is I think because our doula supported Austin, my husband, in, in a myriad of ways so that he could best support me. So he wasn't, he didn't have to be nervous about what was happening or, you know, trying to navigate the hospital system or the providers. She was helping to do that. She was offering um, suggestions for how he could physically support me, help me through breath work. And so I felt incredibly supported by everyone. And I was able to successfully navigate that unmedicated and Isla was born with just Austin, my doula, and the nurse in the room. The midwife didn't even make it in because it happened so fast. I was on my hands and knees on the hospital bed, and Austin caught her. You know, things that you don't really see in a hospital setting. And I really, again, you know, I did a lot of work, of course, in that, but I also credit that a lot to my, my doula and to Austin's support. And I'm so happy that I was working with midwives because um, midwives are, for those who don't know, midwives are unlike doulas, of course, you know, medically trained. They are trained to um, help babies be born. And they are, they work in all sorts of different settings. So some midwives work in hospitals, some in birth centers, and some uh, support home birth. And, um, they are unlike OBs. Um, they are not trained in, uh, you know, cesarean and surgery. Um, so they, and the key difference is that midwives are trained in the physiological birth. So in, in, and what I'm going to say, I don't really like this term, but in like natural birth and in birth without intervention, where OBs are, you know, they're essentially doctors. Um, um, and they, their, their skill is cesarean. And so there's a, t in my opinion, there's a time and a place for OB support and, mid and midwifery support. So anyway, I was grateful that I trusted my instinct with receiving care from midwives because I think also them seeing that, okay, she's, she's doing this, she has her doula, she's working with the nurse, like she's, she's doing her thing was very hands-off once the intervention, the, the induction started. Um, and so I was able to have this like, yeah, really peaceful, um, actually like, you know, the birth of, of my daughter. And um, and then I, so, it, so all that to say, I was very, I knew all the research, I prepared, um, you know, with my, my head mostly and I, uh, you know, got home, came home from the hospital. I remember that was very disorienting. 
um, just the drive home from the hospital being like, I can't believe they let us home with this like little being. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I drove like five miles an hour and we had in days. It was just <laughs> um, and I had all in all, I had even though I really didn't prepare, like now looking back, I feel like I should have. I, I, I had a pretty good postpartum experience there. Was, and Isla was, you know, she, um, she, uh, <laughs> Abby knows this very well. She was a little, she loved to be nursing. She nursed, nursed, nursed all the time. So I feel we navigated some issues with, with breastfeeding, with latch. Um, and, you know, there's always the sleep issue and the navigating the sleep deprivation. But all in all, I felt like I had a pretty positive postpartum experience. And I would say this will hit on another policy issue that, that is incredibly important, um, is that a part of that because was because both Austin and I had nearly four months of off of work. And because he wasn't navigating having to go back to work or I wasn't navigating go back, going back to work, um, we felt like we could settle into this role and we felt like and i we had each other and i re looking back i remember it as a very you know sweet sacred time and you know family like abby came to visit and parents came to visit and it was just it was really it was really nice um after that after i went back to work austin went to work isla started going to daycare that for me is when things felt different. And I, so after navigating those like first few months, um, I felt like, and you know, we were back in our general routines. I just, I felt like I had exploded into a million different pieces and I was going one by one, picking them up and saying, does this serve me anymore? Is this who I am? I don't, it was so disorienting and a very ungrounding. And I was questioning everything. I was questioning the work that I was doing. I was questioning how I was mothering. I was questioning how I was taking care of myself. I was questioning my relationship with Austin. I was, there was, I just felt very disoriented and I I think what really kind of helped me start to process everything and to really come into my own as a, a mother and this kind of like reborn woman um, was time, first of all, but also I as I mentioned, I had not even considered kind of the emotional, spiritual process that was happening. No one ever talked to me about it. I'd never really heard about it. I didn't even think about it in that way. And once I started to see it as that, I, my mind just kind of could, could like understand it in a different way. And my heart and body could understand it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so what that meant for me was I, um, I really embraced my Scorpio woo-woo side. <laughs> I, um, I started to get really into tarot and learning tarot and using affirmation cards and using those as like anchors in my day. Um, and I'm not much of a journaler. I really have never been, but even just like jotting down like a few notes, like about kind of what I was processing or how that tarot card like spoke to me. Um, I also, um, you know, now have like crystals all over the house, just like little things that help to connect me to, to something greater than me and, and, and nature, you know, going outside, going for walks, just like, you know, breathing outside just started to feel different. And I, I had never really, I had somewhat tapped into that before I had Isla, before I became a mom, but nothing like I, nothing like I'm doing today. Um, 
And that is what started to ground me and to make me feel like, okay, again, there's like, I don't have to shoulder all of this. Like this is all happening because this is part of the process. I'm someone who likes to rush things. I'm like, okay, let's get to the end. Let's get to the finale. And this is of course not something you can rush at all. So there was like, there's always this tension. Um, but I started to like work with that tension and to understand it more and to really sit with that tension. And I, I am just like so grateful to have an amazing sister who could help me process, like take step back. I mean, I think, you know, Abby and I talk pretty constantly, um, whether that's on the phone or leaving voice memos. And she's always been my rock in terms of grounding me and, and helping me to process and giving me different perspective. Um, so that was also a huge part of, of me kind of, of, of going through this metamorphosis that has been motherhood. Um, so I, you know, it's interesting as I am now, you know, nearing the end of this, of our second, of my second pregnancy and I have done very little reading or research, um, but I have done a lot of like more spiritual work, more kind of emotional processing work. Um, and I um, have been, even in preparing for, you know, for birth and postpartum have done again, more of that kind of preparation and, and using the tools that I've, that have helped me along the way to, to process what I've been going through. And I want to say I, one of the, there's this woman, Jessie Harold in Nova Scotia, who um, was a doula for many, many years, still dabbles in the doula work. And um, also um, has done a lot of work around rites of passage in transformational events in your life. One of them being, a, a, one of the, she focuses on all kinds of different events, but one of them, of course, being the transition into parenthood. And I remember on a podcast, she said that um, it, it, it takes about two to three years after the birth of the baby to feel like you have your footing again. And I think I heard that when I was maybe like, I don't, Isla was maybe like a year and a half to two years old. And I remember feeling so validated in that because it felt like I was like, what is wrong with me? Like everybody has this figured out except for me. Like why, why, what is going on? And it felt so good to hear someone be like, oh no, this is a long process. And even if people aren't talking about it, they're experiencing it in one way or another. So I have, you know, I have that perspective now going into my second. I recognizing, I'm recognizing that it's going to be a different ball game. There will be different challenges. There will be different joys. Um, but now, again, I think I have the tools and the resources that, that I didn't have the first time around in the transition that I have now that I think are gonna, going to serve me well and really help me through that through you know becoming a mother again absolutely wow I mean yeah you've you've gone through so much and it's been really cool to see you know with as aside from me going through it like you like you'd be the next person in my life that like <laughs> I would get to like experience this through and it's been so special and so interesting to see, you know, my older sister go through this transformation. And I, you know, I definitely remember there were, you know, some hard times you were going through, um, kind of like you said, like after Isla was born and you're kind of getting back into your work life and like trying to navigate what does this all look like for me now? And, you know, it, it's, it's just really incredible how far you've come and but also you know obviously like taking what you learned from your first pregnancy and now 
shifting it and not doing the research and like this is and knowing this is going to look different and I know we've definitely have conversations of of um, you know some some worries or fears that come up but I think of course that's natural with um, with any life-changing event that you're about to have but I just want to say just like from sister to sister that it's it's been just so cool to see your transformation and to see you kind of like blossom and like turn into the person that you are today because it's I don't know it's like you like it, it, you're all, you've always been Sarah right but it's just there's something after you had Isla that like shifted in you and I think it's maybe what you said which is tuning more into like your spirituality and that that part of you that has like just like you're just so like a multifaceted person now even more than you were and like you are just so knowledgeable and so you know so magical and I don't know it's just like it's it's really cool to see and to um you know to to be around that and to, to have someone to look up to that you know has gone through those things and and then of course willing to share your experience and and then also how it dives into what you do for work. I just think, I don't know, it's just really cool how it's come full circle, which is the name <laughs> of your, <laughs> the name of your doula services, full circle doula. So I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I'm really good at being really serious. And then like at the very end, like, oh, with lots of waves and lots of storms and I I just can't thank you enough and yeah I remember one of the memories I have most vividly about all of this like transformation and, and what I was going through was when we were visiting Nebraska and you and mom and I were at an ice cream shop downtown Omaha and I remember just breaking down and just being like what is this all for like I feel like why it, you know it was it, I, I'll admit it, it was like during the pandemic and I was you know we were raising a Isla was like a year and a half when everything went crazy and that was a really hard time and we were working full-time and we were trying to navigate that with a toddler at home and and it was you know the next like you know couple of years even were really tough and i remember just sitting there with you and mom and just like crying in this cough in this uh uh, uh ice cream shop <laughs> i was like i should feel such joy eating ice cream with my mom <laughs> but i just feel so joyless and so like what is this all for and and that was like on the on the hard days it was like that it was like why this is I just don't understand what this is all for it's so hard I feel little joy I feel little like not even motivation but just like I just don't understand and that's again where like some of these tools for me and these um you know like the tarot and the affirmations and the and, and the, the silly crystals and trinkets around just like offer some like okay things are it's, it's bigger than me just you know just ground yourself in the in the trees in the leaves changing color and and you know take it one day at a time and know that each phase each stage is not forever and um it was really hard to swim through that like navigate through that but it, it i do feel like now i you know you always have when you come out of that it, you have nuggets of of wisdom and um and I hope I can use those as I, I'm sure I will navigate those times again once the baby's here. Um, but, but using, holding on to those nuggets and then to, you know, you and, and, and Austin and those around me who can really support me. Yeah. I can 
can already tell that you've done so much internal work since what you were describing prior to your first birth and then going through the process. And some people, I think they go through something difficult in life, whatever the transition may be, and they don't look for that deepness and and try to understand it at the level that you've been doing. Like, that's a lot of work. And some people, they don't even know to, they're not even like oriented to do that work. And so I think that just being able to sit there and say, what is really going on? What meaning is here? How, who am I? And like to ask those questions and to even seek the answers, like you've already made like tons of progress in a way where like you'll have that going into this birth and, and you'll probably find more answers as you have a different perspective now to look at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, yeah, I appreciate that. Let's hope all this work pays off. <laughs> <laughs> you're, and you're so vulnerable. And I think we all try to feign that like, I'm fine. I know what's going on. Like everything's good. But like when you, the truth is like, no, I have no idea what's going on. And like, I'm not in control and being able to be vulnerable and ask for help and to have those open conversations, like you're getting more than somebody that's not going to be that way, you know, like, and like, I'm a totally guilty of standing in my own way when it comes to things like that, where like, I'm unwilling to say to somebody else, like, hey, I'm going through this, let's talk about it. Um, so like, just listening to you guys and your exchange and your experience, like, I'm, I'm really humbled and I really appreciate it. Oh, perfect. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share? I think the the last thing that kind of comes to mind is that I, in in my doula work, I, I've had this vision for a while now, and you know this, Abby, to do more work in in like circle building and in group settings, uh, because getting back to your point, Christy you can have all these vulnerable feelings and a lot going on under the surface, but if you don't have the right setting or the right person to speak them out loud, if they're not gonna be held in a way that feels nurturing or feels safe, then then you're not gonna say them and they're just gonna stay inside. And so I really have these dreams of building a space that allows for um, it, it, you know, people to kind of navigate this transformation together. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, who knows what that's going to look like, but I, I have these kind of bubbles of dreams about what that might look like. And I am really hopeful that, you know, once once I have the baby and have time to digest and process and heal, um, and when it feels right for kind of me to pursue those that that the, the that they'll they'll come to fruition. Um, but I I'm, I'm very excited about that, and I have wonderful doula friends who have very similar visions to me, and so I think uh, there's more to come. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I I think that women's circles are so important, and I know Christy and I have talked about in the community trying to put one together mm-hmm. um, to do even like a mini like what we're doing on the podcast is like what do you want to share you know what anything you just kind of need to get off your chest and I think there's something so powerful about that about um, you know like in the last episode and Sarah you already knew my experience at the the women's workshop um, even though I, we weren't um, verbally talking about what we were going through or like what you know what we were wanting to release just being in a room full of women who were there for the same reason it's just incredible how powerful that is and so I think that would be so so needed so needed um, and we'll go over super well too so I yeah I can't wait to hear about that and once you get that started the, the world is your oyster. They can go so many different ways with that. I don't know. I just think that it's such, it's such a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. I I think, yeah, like you said, there are so many directions it could go. And um, it could, yeah, grow as big as you, as you hope and dream it can be. And it's, it's such a needed thing. It's such a needed thing. It is. Yeah. 
you know, I just, on, you know, on behalf of all women and, and people giving birth, <laughs> thank you so much for your work because I think that it's, that's also super needed and I love that you're able to share your story and what you do and how you can support people because, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't know what doulas do and how they can help and that even there's all sorts of types of doulas. So, um, I think just getting that knowledge out there is so important so we can kind of, um, get back to our roots with all of this, you know, and, and remember that it is about community and sharing these moments together and supporting one another. And that's how we get further in all of this is just by supporting. And so it's incredible what you do. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on and being able to share my story and, and what I do is, has just been so meaningful. So thank you both. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, thanks again. And I love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. If you'd like to connect, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are The Truth Seekers Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would love to share your story, please email us at wearethetruthseekerspodcast at gmail.com.